In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome back, everyone, to Call Waiting. It's me, your friend, Robin Shawl. And today's topic is worst advice we've ever received. Now, I've received a lot of crappy advice over the years, which I will tell you about shortly. But first, we have some very important things to go over. First off, do you remember a few weeks ago, at the end segment, I attempted to stack donuts because I was going to attempt to break the world Guinness record of donut stacking. Well, I went on this TV show, this sports talk show on Amazon to attempt it. Not only did I do it, I, I did it 13 in a minute. It held for five seconds. We submitted it to Guinness. And I, Robin Shaw, am now the current donut stacking queen of Guinness, everyone. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. So please tell your friends and family that your friend Robin is now the donut queen. Okay, that's news one. News two. Last week, during embarrassing public moments, I texted guys that had ghosted me. One had written right back, and really I had ghosted him, and he wrote right back during the show. But the other two, I would like to report are still ghosting me. <laughs> they never responded. <laughs> Life is so weird. Okay. And third, I am currently uh, promoting my uh, fall tour. So if you would like to come see me live, I'm performing in New York, in Seattle, San Diego, in Phoenix, in Detroit, in Atlanta, Vancouver, Toronto. You can get tickets at robinshaw.com. Tickets are going. Uh, Seattle's early show is already sold out, and uh, a bunch of the others are low ticket alerts, so I would move fast. And all right, I think we have now done all of our homework, everything that's important. Let's get down to business. Worst advice I've ever gotten. All right, for those who don't know, I've always been a curvy person. Let's be honest. I spent a lot of years overweight. I don't know. Now everything's so PC that I don't know how to say fat. Like I feel like fat is like no longer allowed to be used. But the truth is, it's a word to describe someone. And for many, many years, I was an overweight fat person, which like was fine. But like I feel like now you can't even say that. But I was. Anyway. So I was always overweight. I was like born overweight. I was born 10 pounds. I was three weeks late. Like I was not, I was lazy and just not moving and they had to come get me and I was overweight. And from that point on, I was always overweight. Then in college, I decided like I had had enough. I tried every diet there was and I said, enough's enough. I'm going to lose the weight. And I spent a summer like really working out every day. I'd go to the gym at four in the morning. I found a 24-hour gym because I was like really insecure about going to the gym. And so I would go at like four in the morning so no one would see me. I lost 30 pounds that first summer. And then when I went back to college, this was in between junior and senior year, I went back to college 
and I took a workout class and it was too difficult. And I remember my self-esteem had been so high from losing the 30 pounds. And then I took the class and it was like so low because like it was too hard for me. So I go, okay, you know what? I'm going to get certified to be a group fitness instructor and I will teach class because if I could teach the class, then I could do the class. So I get certified and I applied for a job at my gym at the school at UConn. And one of the guys that ran the front desk, when I told him like, oh, my name is Robin, I'm going to be teaching. He made a comment to me that people won't take class with someone who's overweight. Because even though I had lost 30 pounds, I still had a way to, ways to go. And I remember thinking like, oh, no, should I have weight? Should I wait to teach classes till I lose weight? Because the way he put it to me was no one was going to want to take a workout class with someone who was still overweight. Well, on the first day of class, there was like three people. One walked right out. <laughs> she looked, she came in, she said, I was a teacher and left. The other two girls took the class and they were like similar size to me. We were all like kind of overweight, but they were able to do the class. And I was like really motivated, motivating. And then they came back with friends. And then before you knew it, I had the most packed class because it was a class that was tangible. It was like doable for all levels. And plus I was like making it fun and funny. And like, I would be like, grip for the chips, grip for the chips. Like there would be no chips, but like that's what I would do. I'd be like, instead of like saying like do curls with a weight, I would be like pretend that the curls were Twinkies, you know, or like I'd make it funny. Like it would not be so intense. And my classes were packed. Every week I was like the class that you couldn't get into. And I remember I would walk by that guy. His name was Mike. And why do I know? Because I lost my virginity to him. <laughs> But that's another story for another time. But oh my God, <laughs> I wasn't planning on telling that part. Okay, anyway, <laughs> but I'd always walk by him. <laughs> I'd always walk by him and I would think if I had listened to him and waited till I lost the weight to become teaching, I don't know if I would have been as good of a teacher because the reason my classes were so packed is because I was getting healthy with the people in the class and it made me relate to them more. It made me work harder. So that was the worst advice I ever got. I didn't take it, thank God. So I'm hoping that when you guys get advice, you're able to tell the good versus the bad. All right. That was mine. Let's get in security and find out his. Hi. All right. Security, what's yeah. the worst advice you ever got? So you should do a podcast with your <laughs> sister. <laughs> okay. I have been waiting since we decided on bad advice That's to do so that. Funny. I've been waiting. That's so funny. Do you know I actually remember when that was suggested to us? When? You, we were in a I was in a meeting with my manager. And I was telling him how I have this idea for a podcast and people will call in. And he's like, and why doesn't your brother answer the calls? You don't remember that? I, I kind of do now. And then I, I was like, eh. <laughs> I was like, well, like, I was like, part of my, like, persona is that, like, I'm talking to friends. Like, no one wants their brother hanging around. He's like, what if what if security just answers phones? And then and then somehow it goes, and have an end segment. I was like, what? I was like, how did we get into this? <laughs> but anyway. Oh, I do want to tell you really quickly, I did get a DM in your defense. R really? Yeah, because, you know, most people were like, thank God you cut the news segment, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like they were banners, they were blimps, everyone mm -hmm. was thrilled. One person messaged me last week saying, Robin, I love you, but I was really enjoying the Mad Libs, but you rushed security when I was really enjoying the segment. Aww. That And I said, Mom, 
Okay. All right. So we're going to open up the lines. But first, we are going to talk to Liza Persky. Now, she's a big TV producer. She has worked on, I mean, every talk show from the Rosie O'Donnell show back in the 90s, the Wendy Williams show, Tony Danza show, the Drew Barrymore show. She's worked on Watch What Happens Live. I mean, she has produced on so much. I met her because she's the producer, when I first went viral, who booked me on... The Drew Barrymore Show, and we became friends, and I think she's so interesting. She knows every single celebrity, and I uh, I wanted to talk to her first. We will find out what her worst advice that she ever received is also, and then we will open up the line. So, security, yeah. we're going to do something new today. Okay. Instead of just having her on the line, I'm going to FaceTime her. Wait. <laughs> so we're adding, so you're going to have to get her on FaceTime. Your manager did not tell me that this is a new addition. Why do I feel like this is totally going to get messed up? I should have prepped you a little bit more. Um, okay. All I, right. Uh, just click a button. You got it. Okay, Robin, we have Liza on the line. Liza! <laughs> I'm good. Full transparency to everyone. This is our second time, like with a false start. But when the first time I saw her, I thought she looked so beautiful. You still look so beautiful. Hi, Robin. How are you, girly? Pretty girl. Yeah. Now you're hideous with that first three minutes. <laughs> um, okay. So, Liza, I just told everyone how you've worked on every single sh like talk show from the Rosie O'Donnell show back in the '90s to Wendy Williams, Drew Barrymore, Tony Danza. Watch what happens live. Like, there's been so much. But I first want to start off with how we met, which is when I first went viral, everyone was trying to get me on their talk show. And at the time, Liza worked on the Drew Barrymore show. All right, take it. Tell me what happened on your end. It was season one of, of Drew. I did the pilot and then it was season one. And I was the I was the supervising producer in charge of like the celebrity team, which is really my jam. I'm a celebrity producer. I love celebrity. I've loved them since I was born. I'm still starstruck and I always will be. So that was my that was my team. Now we had Jennifer Garner coming on. Coincidentally, that week is when she posted your video. So I was getting your video sent to me from people. It was one of those things, you know, when you see something go viral, it's like by the fifth time someone's posting it, you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to watch. And then I watched you and I was out of my mind. And when I saw that it was Jennifer Garner that did it and I knew she was coming on, the talk show producer and me knew this is a perfect opportunity for a surprise. Because I wanted you to come on and she would surprise you and it would be a whole thing. It would be a glow up for you. And what an amazing moment. But I had to get you first, which is the hard part. <laughs> so there's something called booking wars. They still exist. Um, so yeah, so I DM'd Robin. Uh, I still have the DM. I told you, I, I just found it and said, hi, Robin. My name is Liza Persky. I'm sure you're inundated with calls today and hearing from everyone, but I'd love to talk to you. I'm a producer on the YouTube very much, blah, blah, blah. You wrote me right back. And I had never really won a booking war before. I'm not a booker. I'm a producer. So this was for me, actually, like, but I was determined. So then Robin and I spoke. You called me. And I said, how many people have you heard from so far today? And you're like, um, the Today Show, The Tonight Show, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy. I mean, you were literally like QVC. I mean, everyone had been reaching out to you. And I had a feeling that was the case. So I said, okay, well, I'd love to talk to you, whatever. And then, and then Robin said, um, well, you want to talk to my manager? 
which is great. Good for you, girl. You have a manager. But also as a producer, like, oh, damn, a manager. Like, somebody's going to get in the way. Somebody's going to now, you know, you were so pure and innocent in you and enthusiastic. And I was like, you know, going through the bosses. Okay. Then I called your manager and I said, you know, she's amazing. I love her. I said, how long have you been working with Robin? And he said, today. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you're my people. You're my people. <laughs> so this is what happened. I just want to interrupt for one second. So yeah, guys, I have been a performer. Like I went to college for acting and then I was an actress for many years and then I was a stand-up comic for, at this point, at that point, 10 years. And, you know, then overnight, everyone wanted me. Every agent, every manager, every talk show. It was crazy. It was overwhelming. And it was during the pandemic, so I'm alone in my apartment, and I took like two or three meetings with managers, and then I met with Brian, who's the manager she's talking to, I'm still with to this day. Which is and, great, by the yeah, way. I love yeah. that. You know, he's talking to me. He's giving me his sales pitch. I happen to have really liked him, and my uncle had worked with him at one point, and I called him back about 30 minutes later, because then all of a sudden... It was getting like too crazy again because it was like Rachel Ray was reaching out. Everyone was reaching out and I, I didn't know what to do. So I'd call him back and I was like, OK, look, we can work together. I said, I just have two rules. And he's like, OK, what? I was like, don't ever hit on me. And he was like, I'm married, Robin. I was like, I don't care. I know yeah. this business. I was like, men are disgusting. Don't ever comment on my looks. He's like, done. He's like, easy. And I was like, I two. I said, never touch my comedy. I said, men in this business have been telling women what is funny and not funny. I don't want to hear it. Like, I let me deal with the, the comedy part. He said, deal. And then I said, why don't we just do like a two-week trial and see if this works? And he's like, okay. So then I said, okay, great. Here's who has reached out. Please handle this. And I just <laughs> gave him all the names. And that's when he called him. And then he called me and he and I hit it off right away too. As soon as he said he had you that day, I was like, okay, you're cool. Like you noticed <laughs> Allie, you like her. I, I liked that. And I really am so impressed, Robin, by the way, with those, I know those two things that you told him and that's your thing. And just how amazing for you to be so um, strong and able to say that at the risk of losing, by the way, a manager, yeah. you know, I mean- very cool I've, I've been in this you. business so long that those were the two things I kept seeing come up was was inappropriateness coming from men and mm -hmm. men telling me what is funny. And I was like, you know, so that I, <laughs> I just wanted to stop it before it even ha even though I mean, that's not his style. But, you, you know, you don't you know, know in this you business, know. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. You're just meeting him. But so, no, I knew because I knew he said like you were hearing from everyone. And listen, late night and daytime. Don't get me. We, daytime are, 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 are the losers of late night. Like late night <laughs> always wins. So here I am, an eternal loser in daytime. Especially as a comic, you know, when we yeah. were hearing from late night shows. Yeah. But yeah, no, for you, I'm like, well, she's not going to do daytime if she's hearing from primetime. But I also, late night, I also knew we had the Jennifer Garner thing. But that was supposed to be a surprise. But I also knew that that would be an extra oomph for you and maybe another opportunity to go viral. And is your, So I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you why she should do our show. Beyond the fact that I love her and I feel like we have a kinship. We've already spoken. We're Jewish. We love each other. We're going to retire together. <laughs> but whatever. Besides all that, I know that like this would be the right fit for her. And I said, and uh, Drew's going to love her. She already does. Everyone on staff is obsessed with her. They want to. We want to show her and make her shine. And also, we have Jennifer Garner coming on. And I want to surprise Robin. And I do. She cannot know. And this and that. And then that's ended up what happened. I remember I got you on the Zoom because I was producing you. And this is how you do it during COVID. You know, normally you'd be in person. 
and I got you, we met on the zoom beforehand and the segment was happening, but you couldn't really hear it. And I knew that Jennifer Garner was about to come on and set you up perfectly and that you were going to, and you, and as a producer, let me just say, you know, you can have a million great ideas and be so excited and you're only as good as the talent is delivering it, you know? But you ultimately blame yourself. Don't worry. Even if you'd sucked, it would have been my fault. Just <laughs> yeah. so you know. Um, but you, like, it, I was giddy. I knew exactly uh-huh. how it should go, how I wanted it to go. And you <clears> did it. it you're, and you didn't know. I mean, your reaction yeah. was as if you'd yeah. known and you did it perfectly and you didn't. And it was I, I didn't. I have to be honest. I, you know, I, I, I went with Drew because of you. I really liked you. I felt like we connected on that when we were talking on the phone, you, uh, we just, we just really connected on the phone. I just was like, I felt like I was in safe hands as like my first TV appearance as something over zoom. I was like, no. all right, well, this woman Liza gets me. She knows, you know, so it really was you. Although I tell you a funny story. I don't know if I told you this the night before. So I told everyone, remember at this point, everyone's, every eyes is on me. And I'm like, guys, I'm going to be on the Drew Barrymore show tomorrow. We're taping the Drew Barrymore show. We're taping. Okay. Then that night you said, Hey Robin, so here's the link. I'll be on the call, you know? Yeah. And I've been so broken by this business. <laughs> when you said that, I thought that I was no longer going to be interviewed by Drew, but I was going to be interviewed by you and you were just going to put it like on your YouTube account. <laughs> it's like I'm interviewing <laughs> for the newsletter. Yes. So then I was like, I called security. I was like, okay, I don't think I, we're actually on the Drew Barrymore. I think we're going to be like on their YouTube. Oh I think it's God. Liza who's going to be interviewing me. And security's like, what exactly did she say? And that I was like, that she's the one on the call. And security's like, oh, shit. Shit. Like, I never knew. Oh my God, I love this. I so love it now. I was, when I was sitting there that morning, I was 90% sure I wasn't even on the show. And then not only do I end up being on the show, but you surprised me with Jennifer Garner. So the whole thing was insane. But also, that was such a big TV moment. And you guys at Drew played it like six times. Every time there was a rerun, you went yep. with that episode, that it, yep. it showed other talk shows that I could do it. And it actually really helped with my career. So I just want to say thank you for for everything. You, that was one of my, my proudest moments. And on talk shows, most of the time, what they'll do is like at Rosie, you'd always, during the the show, you'd, you'd not, whoever the EP was, would give it a letter grade, like A, B, C, D, whatever, how good the show was. So that way, when you have to go through the summer and pick repeats, which is something you have to do on talk shows, like, all right, everybody, take 20 shows, everybody pick out the best ones so we know what we can repeat. You give a letter grade, you just pick the A's and the B's, and your show, that was an A. So that show, you know, was always going to rerun because it was such a great segment. It was such a great moment. It was so just heartfelt and you were so genuine in your enthusiasm, clearly. And you thought you were going to be on television. So it <laughs> turns out and, and that, that made uh, Jennifer and I good friends after that. She called me right after that. And yeah, was like, that's right. Didn't she, she did, yeah, right? She called me right after and she was like, I don't even know how she got my number. <laughs> she was just like, she's like, hey, Robin, I, you know, that was great. Here's my phone number. If you ever need anything, like, please reach out. And then from there, we became friends. So you brought, I mean, you just brought so much into my life. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think your career and life is so interesting. So you did, was was the Rosie O'Donnell show the first producing you've done you did? My first I moved to New York. I'm from LA in '93. Um, my first job was as an assistant at Comedy Central, which was amazing. Um, but my first producing job was the RuPaul show on VH1. But Rosie was my yes, my first, and that was RuPaul was amazing. That was like a small VH1, like we could do anything. It wasn't like serious grown up show. Uh, I loved it and love him to this day. Rosie was all I wanted. Like I didn't, I got there season two. So season one, it was what everybody loved. And, and like you, I am a, I'm a fan. I mean, that is ultimately, I think part of what we bonded over. We're fans of whatever, you know, we're not um, jaded by life. You are not jaded by all of your experiences, you, you know, and that's what Rosie was to me. So that was the first real producing job I had. And I, I was originally a human interest producer, which I was like, huh? <laughs> like, where are the celebrities? Like, that's why I'm here. So I did that until then they then Rose, they, they, they got rid of a producer and I got called in and the EP, the executive producer, I barely knew, said, could you produce a celebrity? And I was like, uh-huh. And I said, who? She said, Michael J. Fox. He's our lead guest and we need a producer. And I was like in his fan club. Like, I know I could produce that with my eyes closed. Because producing is really just anything you'd ever want to ask a celebrity, you ask them. Like, that's what producing is. And what's better than that? Yeah, so guys, when you when you see celebrities, like, on these talk shows, ask, you know, and the host is asking questions, there was a producer behind those questions. So, like, every talk show you've seen me on, there's usually, like, a producer who called me the night before to go over those questions with you. So just saying there's a producer behind every segment you see not a script. It's not like everything is written and scripted. It's that if you have seven minutes to talk to someone, you want to make it the most entertaining seven minutes of, of that you can. And you just want to weed out. So yeah, you do a pre-interview, just be like, what's what, what's going on? And you set them up to tell their story. But yeah, so that that is what I did for Michael J. Fox on the Rosie O'Donnell show. And I never forget my first day because when you had the lead guest, you briefed Rosie. And I'd never even met Rosie. I'd been working there. So I went in in the morning, that morning, with the other producers who had other segments. But mine was the lead guest, Michael J. Fox, like Spin City in, in his prime. And he'd been on like five times already. And when you have a guest on that's been on a lot, it's also hard because you want new stuff. You don't want to retread. And that's hard. And I talked to him. I pre-interviewed him. I wrote them out. This is like 1998. And the next day I went into brief Rosie and she had read the notes, the script the night before. And she looked at me, she's like, you do you write these? I was like, yeah, she, they're really good. You got new stuff on him. He's been on a lot. <laughs> I was like, she loves me. <laughs> Rosie loves me. Uh, 
so I had told Liza that she had once asked me, like, what's your what's your goal? Like, what do you want? And I said, I want a daytime talk show kind of similar to Rosie O'Donnell's in the 90s. So she's like, oh, you were a fan? I said, huge. And so then for my birthday, she had Rosie record a video for me. Wishing me happy, right? I thought that was so sweet. You were so thoughtful. She thought you were hilarious. I- she follow- well, she yeah. Follow- yeah, she follows me on TikTok. Yeah, I know. And I said, this girl, do you follow Robin? I just want to give you the backstory. But yeah, it was she was so happy to do it. So happy to do it. Yeah. So that's very cool. I still have the video, obviously. What What do you do when like you're producing a celebrity and they're difficult? Mm-hmm. What, <laughs> what do you mean? Do you like- um- <laughs> that never <laughs> happens. Wendy Williams show? Sure. Nobody's ever difficult. <laughs> um- <laughs> Wait, was that? Okay, hold on. Wait, I, I no, answer that question first. What do you do? you have to somehow, you have to hear them. I mean, a lot of celebrities, they don't, they're different. It depends what they're being difficult about, but if being cagey about something and, you know, nowadays there's like so much like pick up and clickbait and page six and everybody's trying to get like the gotcha moment, which has really made it so much harder to be a producer because that is what we're looking for, to be honest. And the celebrity knows that. Um, but I just, my approach would be like, let help me help you. Like, this is what we need to accomplish. Like, can, and in Wendy's case, it might be, she can she ask you the question? You can say, I don't want to answer that. But at least she got to ask it so her fans aren't mad at her. And you can respectfully say, I don't want to. So you just find a workaround. Because what I hated is when you walked off of a segment with a celebrity. This has happened to me more than a few times. And they're angry. And they're angry at me. That's a horrible, horrible feeling. So you really try to just hear them and make it find find a way in. But sometimes it's impossible. I, I had a I have a friend who was um, a producer, was a producer on the Jerry Springer mm. show. Oh, I should have her on. She was uh, she was saying the guilt she would feel at night because that was like a very different type of show, obviously, where she was not tricking people to come on. But I did that at Ricky Lake. Misleading. Yeah, no, at Ricky, I did Ricky Lake. Right? That's single topic talk. It's it's more issue oriented. It's conflict driven. It's all of that. It was what made all of them huge. But it is as a non-conflict driven person in my own life. And, you know, certain producers are just made to do that because you're going in and you're pitting people against each other. I'm bad at that. Wait, since you're since you're good friends with Ricky Lake, do you think me and her look alike? Oh, my God. Those early days, those early Ricky ads, you know, with the (laughs) mic and her like whatever. Oh, my God. You guys have not only just look alike, it's a vibe. I would, even when I was like 13, people would be like, you look like Ricky Lake. And at the time she was an adult and I was a kid. I'd be like, what are you talking about? But I still to this day, people were like, you don't, you look like Ricky Lake. And in the early days of stand-up, I used to start my set with, I know I look like Ricky Lake. And people would be like, oh my God, you do. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you do those early, I'm telling you, like, I cannot believe. I know. I know. I don't. When you put our pictures next to each other, especially from her early talk show days, we do have like similar jawlines. But it is that there's there's a, a vibe. Aura it's a vibe. That's it's similar. A vibe. It's a vibe. One of my favorite comedians and my idol is Joan Rivers. I loved her not just because she was hilarious, but her work ethic, like her her documentary, a piece of art. Like it is a, pe- a piece of art, right? A piece of work. Piece of art. I don't know. That's how much I love it. But I did. I watched it so many times that I just, I think she's just, so, she was so amazing and a hard worker. Um, and then you told me this story and I, would you mind telling uh, the people listening? I just listening? mentioned that documentary on Friday night to a friend, by the way, because um, it's so good. So I met Joan because I produced her over the years. Um, Joan was a talk show queen. I mean, she was the legendary guest. Certain people you know are like 
just the best guests and Joan was one of them. So I never produced her at Rosie, but at Wendy Williams, where I was from the very beginning, she was on the most, she was on like nine times. So I produced her the first time and then I was just her producer because when you're producing Joan, and I worked on a pilot with her before this, the Bravo wanted to do something called straight talk. It was like the view with four gay guys. And Joan was like the Barbara Walters. This is like 19, no, this is like 2006. And so I worked on that. So she and I got to know each other there and I was kind of her producer. And she kind of just, she told me I was the only one that knew what I was doing, which like, I have to remember that every day of my life because I forget it. Because when someone like that tells you that, right? You have to believe them, even if you don't feel it. But she had such, you didn't tell Joan what to do. You didn't like, you know, when you're a talk show producer, you do the pre-interview, like I said, but then you create the conversation. You you create a linear script of like, well, how was your summer and this and that. It's not all being told to you in a linear way. When you got on the phone to do a pre-interview with Joan, she had her jokes. Like she was a stand-up and, and stand-ups in general are like this, but Joan's like, all right, so I have this, I have that. And then I just be typing and writing up everything. And I remember, and I knew like, you don't, then you don't, she's telling you your, her order. She is giving you her set. Don't go in there and then mess around with it and change the order because this could be funnier to start with. And my EP at the time was like, oh, we should start with the plastic surgery because it's Joan Rivers. I'm like, oh, that's original. And I knew, I'm like, she doesn't want, I don't think she'll want that. You changed my entire script. So when I went in to brief her, she was mad. She was like, what? and I was like, I didn't do it. I She's like, I know you didn't, you know better. And from then on, I was her producer and we just worked that way together. So because she is also an amazing person and, and would give you like, you, you know, her jewelry line, she'd walk in, if she was promoting her jewelry line, she would give you a necklace off of her neck. Now I have a lot of Joan Rivers jewelry. I have a watch. I'm not unique. Like that's a lot of producers would tell you that's what she was like. If you produced her, if you got to know her over the years, like that's what she was like. But she's also like a Jewish mom, and I was single for a very long time. So the first thing yeah. when we spoke on free was like, hi, darling, hi, darling, how's the love life? How's the love life? And it was always like the same, which was nothing. I'm like, I'm not my 18th J-date. It was horrible. She said, so then I finally <laughs> met, who is now my husband, Brian, and I told her I was dating someone, and she was very excited. She was like, I want to meet him. Uh, so I know, different Brian than different the Different than manager. the manager. And then, <laughs> like that, clear. full circle, uh, we, I am Robin's stepmother. <laughs> <laughs> if you've not been paying attention, <laughs> different Brian, different Brian. I'm, I'm a nepto, nepo baby <laughs> from different Brian. So I told her I was dating, uh, dating, and somebody real, and she said, "What are you doing for Yom Kippur?" Which I've never observed Yom Kippur. I'm from LA, like we didn't observe anything, but I'm Jewish. So she's like, "Come for 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 breakfast." So Brian and I, my boyfriend at the time, go to breakfast at Joan Rivers' apartment, that legendary Upper East Side apartment, which you've heard, everyone's heard about, that she sold to like a chic or whatever. And we sat at this table. I was next to Billy Stritch and whatever. And on the way, and it was amazing, as you can imagine. On the way out, there was this little pewter um, cup with some flowers in it. And it was by the elevator. And I was just like, oh, this is so pretty. And she's like, here. Take it. It's in my bathroom. I literally will go get it. It's. I have it still. It's in my bathroom. And she just gave it to me. Like, that's the kind of person she was. And then just the follow-up best story, when Brian and I got engaged, she invited me to some other thing at her apartment, which, again, I never take any of that for granted, that I'm going to Joan Rivers' apartment is not lost on me. So I go in, and Brian's there, and she's like, please invite me to your engagement party. 
because I'm well, we're not having one. We just got an engaged, but I'm like, we're not having an engagement party. I said, would you like to come to the wedding? Because I wanted to invite her, but I was like, there's no way. And she's like, yes. And she freaking came to my wedding. <laughs> Asked me if she I, can I, bring I someone. <laughs> Who did she bring? Vivian Stern. Her plus one. And the best part was I have so many photographs at the end of dinner, Joan, I had, we, we um, served um, um, spare ribs or whatever. And Joan is putting them into a little plastic baggie uh, and taking them with her for her dogs. <laughs> Everybody, I saw five people sent me that photo and she was seriously everything you'd want her to be and more like she was Aww. just the most supportive smart that documentary like everything about her i just i miss i i said i remember saying to andy when she died i don't want to live in a world without joan rivers and then he said that on cnn and said i stole your line (laughs) (laughs) by the way she's 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 referring to andy cohen when you said andy (laughs) <laughs> so speaking of okay so just putting a cap on that i love joan rivers and i'm so sad that like i didn't get to meet her we because i she, she was just so just so wonderful okay andy cohen by the way i'll name drop i don't care this is my favorite thing to do well i'm starstruck <laughs> so so. Now, that's all i do is like say wait guys did you see who's following me now that's how I, like that's while, while i was going viral all my insta stories was guys this person's now following me that's all i cared about but that's what's so special robin and and you won't lose that like and that's like you will always be that way you're never going to be jaded like and and to and i don't i don't think so i'm I'm too excited by all this and it all happened to me so much later in life like i'd been struggling for so long so now i'm like so excited but andy cohen's another person who i freaking love because you know i'm a huge housewives supporter (laughs) lover and andy is one of your best friends yes and you guys, but you guys have known each other pre him being Andy Cohen and you being this big TV producer. So how'd you guys oh my meet? God, I love that I'm a big TV producer. Um, we met in 1993. Yes. Yeah, so he was a producer at CBS This Morning, which was, you mm-hmm. know, the morning show. And we met through a mutual friend. And my friend Bruce, who was a neighbor of mine in LA, we, he and I moved to New York right around the same time. And he started dating a guy who was friends with Andy. And he said, you need to meet this guy, Andy. You guys are going to bond over like all my children, General Hospital, Dynasty Dallas, and everything else, not landing, <laughs> everything. And so we went to brunch, a, br- a bunch of us on the Upper West Side, and Andy and I immediately bonded. Now I was working, I think, like I said, at Comedy Central at the time as an assistant. I was at Andy's one day, and he was doing a pre-interview. I didn't know what that was at the time. He was talking to a Maureen McCormick, Marsha Brady, and I was just eavesdropping, uh-huh. and he was just asking her like all these questions that I would want to ask Maureen McCormick. And after he hung up, I said, what is your job? Like, is it, what do you, I don't understand what you do. Cause like that's, I would do that all day long for free. You just ask Marie McCormick, everything. Mm-hmm. And he explained, he said, I'm a talk show producer. I'm a segment producer. And what it is, is this, that, and the other. And I said, well, how do you, how do I do that? He said, you get a job as an associate producer. That's how you start or a PA. I mean, you start at the bottom, definitely start at the bottom. If you can, like literally this is one piece of advice that I can give that I've gotten that I agree with. Everyone now, the kids today, want to skip steps, you know, yeah. and get here. You're missing out. Like yeah. my dad always said, do every job below you. So when you get here, you know how to ask for what you want and need because you've done it. So. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. And remember how you were like giving me credit for what I asked for out of a manager. But again, that's because I did the steps. I started with 
you know, from the bottom and I worked up. That is such good advice. I think for any career you're in is take the first job, take the intern and work and work up. That's great. Andy advice. would say that's his number one advice, be an intern wherever you can. That is literally the best advice because it is harder and harder to get in because there's like so many people. But so yes. Um, so Andy said get a job as an AP. So he helped me actually get the RuPaul show. I, uh, not RuPaul. This was a, oh no, no. It was called The Dish with Tracy Ellis Roche for Lifetime. Before Tracy Ellis Ross, everyone knew who she was. She was only Diana Ross's daughter. It was a tiny, small cable show. And I was, and I was an associate producer, the AP. And, that's, and Andy totally guided me and has been my mentor ever since. He is salt of the earth. I've learned so much from him. He is so generous with his time. You know, he has so many people in his life. He will, we talk every day. He talks to multiple people every day. And, the, you know, wait, he was so nice. When I did watch What he Happens, was so excited Liza, for Liza you. came to, to support me. He was so nice. And I remember, like, he came over and I was like, I've heard so much about you, pointing to Liza. And he's like, I've heard so much about you. Like, and he was just so, you know, I was nervous to meet him because, it's like, he has this whole persona. Yeah. Um, he was so so nice. And then I couldn't believe how much airtime, you know, a lot of times the bartender really doesn't get a lot of airtime, but I think, you, you know, he knew time. I was excited to be there. He just, oh, he was so, so nice. Do you have like the fun, what's your funniest, do you have a funny Andy I mean, story? I was thinking we've had so many crazy kind of adventures. I mean, usually it involves a soap star. I mean, we were at a Christmas party once and <laughs> Susan Lucci was there and all we could, you know, I mean, he, we both, he didn't know her yet. I mean, he produced her over the years. But honestly, I, I, I was really trying to think of one specific story to tell you about him and me, but there's almost too many. But what I will say about Andy in general as a, um, like a mentor and what I respect about him, he's like fearless. And he may fail. You know, he will tell you some of his failures that he's had, but he doesn't let it, he he just has a confidence that feel the fear and do it anyway. Failure is learning. He just somehow he's fearless and he makes decisions really quickly. Like there's so many things I respect about him, not only as a friend, but now because he's in a position I might work for, you know, I have other hosts I've worked for and other producers I've worked for. So I'm also looking at him as a, like an EP and he's so good because he did the job. He works as a producer, he knows how to produce, but he literally is just, he is never ending with his support of, of his friends. I'm trying to think of one hilarious story, but there's like too many crazies. No, I actually, I, I like this because you've given two good advices. One, you know, take every job, start as an intern. And two, which I, I guess is from Andy, is just be fearless, you know, especially in your career, like go for everything, take the risks. And the reason why this is a good note to end on, because today's topic is worst yeah. advice. Oh, yes. <laughs> So uh, before you leave us, I know I, I texted you to have something ready. What is the worst advice you've ever gotten? Here's the worst advice. I once was uh, had an interview for a talk show. This was years and years and years ago, and it was not my type of talk show. It wasn't it wasn't celebrity. It wasn't. It, it rhymes with octoboz. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, gee, I Look wonder what this. she's talking um, about. <laughs> and someone's like, well, don't interview them. Why would you interview? Um, because if it's not your type of show, you know, medicine is not your thing. And like, why are you doing it? So I'm like, you're right. 
always take the interview. Always. I mean, I'm sure that's universal, but for television, because so much of what we do and what I do is your contacts and who you know, and not just who you know, but like the history. This is a very long business. I mean, we're talking people that go back to like Jenny Jones days that are still working. So like the people that you'll meet. So like always take the meeting and and it can be awkward if you know you don't want the job. And I've had that situation happen too. I interviewed for another show that I knew wasn't for me, but I wanted to meet the women and I didn't want to say no. And I told him in the moment, I said, I don't want to be someone who leaves here now. It's like going on a first date. You're like flirty. And then the guy's like, I like you. I'm like, you're a loser. You know, like I don't want to be like, <laughs> I, have, I have integrity. So take the meeting. And even if in the meeting, you know, you don't want it. And you feel like you want to say like, listen, I don't know if this is the right fit, but I'm really glad we got to meet. But I had a friend who just two weeks ago is a TV job. And he's like, I don't think it's right for me. I'm like, you always take the meeting. Always. Just for the contacts that you get alone. Right, 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 right. Yeah. If someone says skip a meeting, no, they don't. They're not. They're wrong. It's just <laughs> why not? They're wrong. You just, you just never, you just never know. Yes. No, no, no. That and also my other advice would be don't try to skip ahead. Don't miss every stop along the way of the job that you, you are wanting. I mean, if you get there quicker, great. But if not, don't be impatient because you're going to learn so much that you're going to need to know and you'll be a much better. Yeah. There's a, there's like this quote that I always butcher it, but it's something like it's better to be eight years too late than one second too early. So just because something's offered to you doesn't mean you should always take it. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to just wait till you're ready. Cause like once you're seen, then you'll be more like, I truly feel that was me. I spent so many years being like, wait, I'm killing on stage. How come I haven't made it yet? Well, thank God, because when my moment came, I was ready. I was sharp. I had uh, tons of videos. My stand-up was set. I like Everything was like in place. So, yeah, you were ready. You yeah. were ready. Oh, wow. This was so educational, this interview. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, God knows. I barely, I mean, you know me, I went to alternative school. Liza Bursky and Robin Shaw, very educational Very ladies. educational. That's me the name. <laughs> yes. Liza, I love you so much. You are the best and so supportive and just the most wonderful person. Thank you for everything you I'm do for so me and helping me and just encouraging me. I'm so happy for you and your message from day one. Your message has been clear and it still is. And you just want to do good and help people. That's what it comes to. I make them laugh. Liza, guys, I once told Liza, she's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do good and make people laugh. Anyway, like two days later, I get a delivery. She had a pillow made. You've probably seen it if you follow me on Instagram. It's on my couch. It's a pillow that says, do good and make people laugh. And I just, it was so sweet. You're just, I mean, you're just, you know, ever. you're kind of perfect. I don't want to get a swelled head. Uh, well, I mean, uh, have you seen these breasts? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, amply. Amply. <laughs> You're like, Robin, please stop sending those pictures. I love seeing you in your in your setup right now. It's very cool. I know. Isn't this so fancy? All right, Liza, thank you so much oh for coming God. on Call Waiting. You are the absolute best. You're the best. best. And let's you yeah, let's make a plan. We'll have a, a lunch, okay? Yeah, well we'll meet up soon. All right, bye. Oh my gosh, I love Liza so much. That was great. Oh, right? She's wonderful. She's the best. Uh, security, open up the lines. Okay. All right, Robin, we have Larissa on the line. Hi, Larissa. Hi, Robin. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for calling in to call waiting. 
Yeah, I'm so excited. I wanted to tell you, we saw your billboard in Times Square last night. <gasps> Did you? We, so, oh my God. I don't even yeah. think I haven't mentioned this on the podcast yet. So guys, I, I'm, you know, I told you I'm doing a New York show. It's actually in the New York Comedy Festival. And there's a billboard in Times Square that my face pops up for. It's only for like three seconds, but it plays like six times in an hour. And it's very exciting. <laughs> it's fast. You cannot blink. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because my dad and mom went and they kept talking. I'm like, you can't talk. You have to stare at the billboard or you'll miss it. I was with my mom. We had just seen a show and she was like, I don't know how much longer. I was like, That's it. That's it. Okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but you're coming to the show? Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, oh, it's going to be so much fun. Okay. Anyway, on topic today, we're talking about worst advice we ever got. So what's the, tell me your story. Okay. So this was a while ago. It was in college and we were, we lived in an um, on-campus apartment. And so basically like the toilet was in its own room with a door. The shower was in its own room with the door. The sinks were in between that. And then the bedrooms are on each side. So it's Halloween. My roommates are having a Halloween party at our apartment, but I'm going out. So I'm getting ready at the sink. So even though like I'm getting ready, I'm also kind of in the middle of the party and I'm curling my hair. And I don't know if you've ever had long hair, but this can happen with a curling iron where your hand slips, but the curling iron stays in your hair and it falls. Mm -hmm. So it falls on my shoulder in like a matter of seconds. I get like a second degree burn on my shoulder. Oh shit. But it's Halloween, so I'm going out. I'm not I'm not going to a doctor. I'm not I'm going out. Whoa. Priorities, people. <laughs> Absolutely. She had her Halloween costume ready. She was ready to slut it up. No burn was gonna hold her down. Yeah, so I have the burn and now everybody has been partying already. Like there's beer pong set up in one room and so my roommates come rushing out and they go, Ice, ice, you have to put ice on it. And within seconds they run, they put the ice on, they say it's gonna make it feel better. It hurts a hundred times worse. Like, I don't know how it made it worse. It made it so much worse. Anyway, I go out. I have my night. I'm fine for the night because I'm partying. But that thing scarred so bad. It hurt so bad. And I looked it up. Never put ice on a burn. Really? Not only does it make it hurt worse. Never. It makes it hurt worse. But also you can get an infection and it scars worse. You know what? This is turning into an educational episode because I did not know that. If I had a burn, wait, but you are supposed to run it under cold water, right? Yes, cold, not freezing. Cold water, no ice. You know, this was almost 20 years ago and I had to look it up to, I was like, I did get this right, right? And right away it pops up that it can cause infection, that it makes it hurt. Right. Uh, Yeah, no, you can't blame your friends. You would think that is what to do. But more importantly, did everyone think you look slutty and sexy? I, th- I mean, it was a good night. <laughs> it was worth it was worth the burn. It's worth the scar for a good night. I would say the advice is twofold. Like, if any of your listeners are going off to college this year, the advice is twofold. Don't put ice on a burn, but also don't listen to a party full of friends that have been drinking already all night when you have yes. a medical emergency. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for catching my billboard. And most importantly, thank you for coming to my show at Town Hall. I can't wait to see you there. It's going to be such a fun night. Me either. So great talking with you. All right, bye.
I, I had no clue. I would have thought. Like if you were on fire right now, I would throw ice on you. Yeah. Well, what's... Even knowing that information. <laughs> and if I wasn't on fire, you'd still throw ice on me. <laughs> but, but that's the opposite. What? The opposite of fire is ice. Yeah. No, I mean, I would still do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But give me another. What? What do you want to say? Aloe. <laughs> Thank you. Next call. Okay, Robin, we have Abby on the line. Hi, Abby. Hi, Robin. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so today's topic is worst advice. So tell me, what was the worst advice you ever got? Ugh, I just feel like there's a lot of bad advice going around when it comes to the female body and how it works. <laughs> Amen. Wait, sorry to cut you off, but yesterday, no, like two days ago, I went for a long walk and the chafing between my legs <laughs> and the seat was so freaking bad, right? And so I mentioned in my Insta stories, I said, hey, because I have a lot of female followers, I said, hey guys, if anyone has any advice for like chafing in between your thighs, I've never gotten more messages. I'm, I'm not kidding. I must have gotten about 3,000 people giving advice. And I'm like, why aren't women talking about like these little things about the body? Right. It's like we leave out all of this stuff. Like, yeah, I know how to use a tampon. I didn't know about chafing. Right. Like, okay, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> there are so many like weird secrets that like it takes too long for us to talk about. But I also think like growing up with really terrible advice about like, whether it's like, oh, you can't get pregnant on your period or like you can't get pregnant in a hot tub or like all of these things about how the right. female body works. Oh my God, so true. Or like weird things about like, oh, this is good for like products even that are like, oh yeah, definitely use like this kind of like minty lube. And it's like, I hope this isn't too much information, but it's like, it feels like toothpaste. Like it's com completely numbs you downstairs. Like there's just so much mystery and bad advice about lady parts out there. Yes, I agree. Was there one specific that you got that you, you believed and then you found out was like not right? <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely. You're like, yeah, did you hear this toothpaste? <laughs> Lube, Robin? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I feel like a lot of it comes from like the Cosmo magazines of like our mm. youth where they're like, do this thing and it'll like feel really good. And so I like yes. wanted to like get this special, like hot and warm sensations. Lube. Oh my God. That was such an <laughs> early two thousands thing. Like I remember like they, they would be like this, like put this jelly and like, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And you were like, and you bought it. I bought it. Yeah. yeah we like, all bought yeah, it. That definitely was probably not good uh, because they don't sell that anymore. At least I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yes. I would just be like, well, now we're both completely numb. Like you might as well not even be having sex. And um, yeah. it's just like, I just feel like we've been thrown like the, the bad advice is like a lot of bells and whistles in the bedroom. And like, usually like sometimes it's just too much. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And there was so much, even like men know so little. I can't believe I'm outing him. He's going to kill me. But my ex-boyfriend thought women keep a tampon in for the whole week, like one. Yeah. Like he just thought he didn't know. He's like, I thought you just put a tampon in at the end of the week. You pull it out. And I was like, are are what? He's like, how would I know? And like, if he gave that advice, like that's a medical emergency. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> like, imagine if he had a daughter and he was like, put it in, see you in a week, yeah. you know? And then, uh, like, oh my gosh. So, yeah. I had to recently teach my husband that the sticky side of the pad doesn't go on your lady parts. It goes on your underwear. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. We should, oh my God, we should totally do an episode where people give me their husband's numbers and I ask them like, where, where, where does a pad go? Yeah. Like, I bet you so many guys think it gets stuck right on the vagina. Yeah. Like, wow. Oh my God, this is so true. I just, I, you know what? I blame the educational system. Because we don't, they don't. I remember in sixth grade, there was one video about puberty, you uh-huh. know, and it said like, your armpits will smell. You will get your period. And that's as much as we learned about the female body. No, and it was like so taboo to talk about all of it. So we like kept it all under wraps because it was mortifying. But really like we're all going through the same thing. We should really just be chatting together. Yeah. Wait, also, wait, you can get pregnant on your period. See, like... <laughs> wait, I don't know that. Uh-oh. <laughs> Does anybody really know? I don't know. Uh-oh. Yikes. <laughs> oh, God, I gotta be a little more careful. <laughs> Just pull and pray. Pull and pray. Yeah, pull-, <laughs> pull and pray. I'm, I'm gonna have t-shirts made up. Okay. Thank you so much for calling in today. Thanks, Robin. Bye. 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 Oh my gosh. I sent security out. Let's bring him back in because I didn't want him here during that call. I was like, security, you're going to just my little hand motion. Please leave. Let's get him back in. Security? Yeah. Um, uh, How was the call? <laughs> don't worry about it. You got it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Do you ever listen to the episodes back? Yes. All right, don't listen to this <laughs> no. one. Okay, you got it. Got it. Thank you, everyone who called in today. Guys, make sure you're following me on TikTok and Instagram. That's where I post the topic every week. And my TikTok and Instagram is at Robin Shaw Comic. And then the phone number is always 72072-ROBIN. That's 720-727-6296. All right. For today's closing segment, we are playing... Yes, it's called President or Pop Star. Where security went and did some research. Mm-hmm. I did <laughs> research. my. I, I know. I, I actually I did do research. Okay, and he found some quotes that are either from presidents or from songs of pop stars. He's going to say it, and you guys and me will have to guess: Did a president say it or a pop star? All right. So the first one: Dream more, learn more, do more, and become more. You are a leader. I'm going to go with president. That is. A president, John Quincy Adams. Oh, he's my favorite president. Oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one. You might think that I can't take it, but you're wrong, because now I'm stronger than yesterday. Oh, that's a that's a song. Stronger <laughs> than yesterday. Wait, who sings that? Say the quote again. You might think that I can't take it, but you're wrong. Because now I'm stronger than, than yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson? Nope. Stronger by Britney Spears. Oh, uh, okay. Close. Close. Okay. I'm looking right at the other half of me. Pop song. Who? No clue. Justin Timberlake, Mirrors. Oh, okay. All right. The next one? Give me a hard one. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. This one, definitely hard. Okay. <laughs> 
Speaking of diamonds, would you wear a solitaire? One on your left hand, should I get it? Oh, pop star. Harry S. Truman, when he proposed to his wife, and she said no. And then, okay. and then two weeks Wait. later, she said yes. Okay, security. Yes. You can't just pick a random sentence a president said on a on no, a Thursday. It no, has to be from a... He a, proposed to her with that line. But does anyone know this proposal? Security <laughs> knows it. Okay. Okay. When our memories outweigh our dreams, it is then we become old. Say that again. When our memories outweigh our dreams, it is then we become old. President. Who? You got a choice of 50. <laughs> 51? George Bush. No, uh, George Washington. Uh, Bill Clinton. Okay. One, one president off. Okay. Here we go. That was a joke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> You're too excited. I'm too excited. About okay. This. this opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Song. Who? I don't know. <laughs> Lose yourself, Eminem. Oh, okay. Okay, this, this is a good one. I fell in love with her. I have never fallen out. Um, I'm going to go with president. Famous one. <laughs> Lincoln. There you go, oh, Lincoln. To, he said it to Mary Todd Lincoln about it. About, Mary Tyler well, Moore. No, Mary Tyler. No, Mary Todd Lincoln, his wife. Oh, okay. He said, yeah, said it about her. Okay. You know nothing for sure except the fact that you know nothing for sure. President. <laughs> Let's see who I know you. John F. Kennedy. Very oh, good. I was going to say that. Oh, okay. All right. Last one. This one. I walk a lonely road. The only one that I have ever known. Song. Very good. Green Day. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Um. Uh, wait, so I got... I walk a lonely road. I got almost all one. correct. Yeah, you got every single one correct. Wait, I'm a genius. I think you are. Or this or... game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, you know what? Maybe the listeners were trying to figure if out... I else. got it. I mean, I feel like everyone did. Let them But you know what? And... That one woman who wrote is going to love this Exactly, segment. exactly. <laughs> okay, this wasn't your worst segment. I, I, I'll i give you that compliment. Thank you. Well, because you guys you've, already you, did it once before, yeah, so it's you've not done really mine. I just want to say you've done worse. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, I'll, I'll, I've done worse. Guys, thank you to our callers who called in today. Again, if you ever want to call in, the phone number is 720-727-6296. And you could get um, the topic of the week at my Instagram or TikTok at Robin Shaw Comic. If you want to see me live, go to www.robinshaw.com. I also want to thank our guest today, Liza Persky. She is just the best. And she really did play such a critical role in um, my whole career. So I just, I just love her. All right, guys. Thank Thank you for, oh, we have another call. Call Waiting is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge morales Pico. Guest booking by Ali Freelander. Be sure to follow me at Robin Shaw Comic on Instagram and TikTok to find out our next topic and learn when to call each week. And give me a ring at 720-72-ROBIN. That's 720-727-6296. Batches.